Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. We will conclude today our series called Living Hope. Who's enjoyed the series? Who's enjoyed what God has done over this series? We have amazing messages come from our team. And Pastor Miles Pelliadan a few weeks ago brought incredible messages in the Living Hope series. And uh, what it has been about, if you're a guest today, this has been about, you know, the heart that we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. A living hope of the gospel that Jesus came, the Son of God came, died at the cross, rose from the dead to give us a future, a hope, to give us salvation, to give us eternal life. Now, who knows, the gospel message has been powerful for those who have been saved. It's powerful for our lives. You believe that today? And the gospel isn't just something that we're meant to just keep for ourselves, but the gospel is meant to be shared. It's meant to be given. Jesus said in Matthew 5, I don't want you to hide your light under a basket. You're meant to let it shine. We're meant to be like a city on a hill. Let the gospel shine. Let it get out there. Let's go public with this. And, uh, and I just love the fact that the gospel's not meant to be hidden, but meant to be given. And, uh, and you know, I love my, little, my daughter, my youngest, uh, Abigail, uh, this week, uh, she, uh, in her daycare, uh, was just, you know, she's so happy and everyone's her friend and, you know, it's always, always full of joy. Uh, but she took this moment this week where she was drawing. And uh, as she was drawing, her teacher came up to her. And her teacher knows that we're pastors, but she's totally unchurched and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, you know, doesn't really understand what's involved in Christianity. And as, as Abby's drawing away, she's drawing crosses on this piece of paper and, uh, and, and drawing what she tried to draw Jesus as well. And, uh, and, 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 and the teacher came up and said, okay, darling, what, what, are, what are you drawing? She said, I'm, I'm drawing Jesus. And she's drawing crosses. And she's like, because she's like, this is the cross and Jesus, he died for our sins. And she looked up at her teacher and said, and Jesus died for your sins. And, uh, and she just kept drawing, you know. And, uh, and I just thought, wow, come on. Out of the mouth of babes and infants flow the issues of life. And, uh, and, and it was just so awesome to see. Uh, she didn't kind of know. And, and, and my sister-in-law, Sarah, was picking her up that day. And, uh, and the teacher was like, I, I'm trying to understand what's going on. This was what she drew. And then she was able to have a chat to her about that, which was really cool. But, you know, I love the fact that Abby... You know, in her, her understanding of Jesus, she was able to use her platform to talk to her teacher and her friends at school. I love that. But I also love, you know, this week, uh, we had uh, a Hollywood star by the name of Chris Pratt, uh, you know, won the um, MTV Generational Award and, uh, and got up in his speech and chose. Now, what we've got is we've got like this cut down version of all the stuff he said about God and prayer and, and all that as well. But he used uh, this moment to not, you know, some people get up there and bag out other people and things and, you know, and Hollywood is very liberal and left-wing and, and uh, almost to a point, it's very anti-Christian. And he got up and he said, God is real. And he, and he started to talk about this. And I want to take this snippet right now just to watch some of the cool things that he said in this speech. Thank you. God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. 
I do. If you're strong, be a protector, and if you're smart, be a humble influencer. Strength and intelligence can be weapons, and do not wield them against the weak. You have a soul. Be careful with it. Doesn't matter what it is, earn it. Learn to pray. It's easy, and it's so good for your soul. And finally, nobody is perfect. People are gonna tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be, but there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood, do not forget it. Cool. Wow. So good. Notice how he brought Jesus into that, which was really cool, talking about the sacrifice at the cross. But, you know, I love, you know, whatever you think about Chris Pratt, that's not the issue right now. Uh, the issue is, is that he took a platform. He took a moment. He could have said anything. He could have said, thanks. Thanks, my mom. Thanks, my, my dog. Thanks. You know, I could have thanked everyone else. But he chose a moment to, to share snippets of the gospel to the world. And, uh, and, and I love, you know, that fact that you and I, we have a platform. Now, we may not have a platform like Chris Pratt, but we can have a platform just like Abigail had a platform that she used in that moment with her, with her knowledge. And I want to say this, you may be a, a Christian and you've only gotten saved in a year and you're like, I'm still trying to work stuff out. Hey, man, you probably know a little bit more than my daughter does right now about the gospel and about Jesus. She's still learning stuff, you know, but it's so amazing that when we let the gospel get in our heart, it doesn't matter what the platform is, the message is actually simple. It's really simple that Jesus loves you. He's died for you. He rose from the dead. And our whole Christian faith is hinged on the fact of what Jesus has done for us. And you know, and it's so simple that it connects with people's lives, with their story, with wherever they are. And I want to share today, uh, you know, just some simple keys. Because last week I preached about two great motivators. Two great motivators that motivate us to share the gospel with people in our world. And those were your personal testimony. And the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit is the greatest motivator that motivates us to, to be switched on to others around us in the gospel? And I love what Peter said in 1 Peter 1, Peter 1 23 to 25. For you have been born again, not of a, imperish, of a perishable seed, but an imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field and the grass that withers and the flowers that fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. And what Peter is saying to us is that life is short. It's like the grass that withers, the flowers that fade. You know, life is short and we're called to bring this gospel to the world around us. And we've got to take every opportunity that's been graced to us. Just like Chris Pratt did, just like my daughter Abigail did, just like we get to in our lives. And I know that the Holy Spirit has motivators for our lives. We had those two last week, but these two this week. And the first is this one, is the brokenness of people. The brokenness or the broken situations that other people can be in. It's a motivator. Matthew 9, 35 to 38 says this. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. 
When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. I look at this story and I see Jesus, he's doing great things. I mean, how many know a move of God is happening in this region? People are getting healed. People are getting set free. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I mean, good things are happening in this whole region. But I love the fact that Jesus takes a moment, takes a moment. He's already doing good things, but he takes a moment to look at the crowd, to look at the people. And the Bible says here that he saw that they were weary and scattered like sheep. See, he just didn't see the masses. He saw the faces. He saw the people. He saw, how did he know they were weary if he didn't know their stories? If he didn't know what was going on in their situation as he was praying for them and asking, how are you? How can I help you? What's going on? See, he was able to see what was going on in their world. Now, they could have just been a crowd And you know, he's the son of God. He's Jesus. He knows exactly why he's here. But he takes a moment. Why does he take that moment? Why is it written down? It's written for us. It's written for you and me. It's written to show that the son of God even had to take moments to look back and see the people and see the brokenness of what sin has done to humanity. To look in and hear the stories and hear what was going on. See, you know, he was doing good things, great things, but he still took a moment to let his heart get moved. And I believe this is so important for all of us because sometimes it's just easy to get caught up in just doing life, isn't it? Like, we get busy, we get full, there's things that are happening in our lives, and we're doing good things. You know, uh, oftentimes we're working, we're, you know, running a business and it's a kingdom business and we're doing it for the kingdom of God and, and we're running that business, we're, we're doing a job, we're, you know, we're, we're studying at the moment and getting a degree or we're getting through high school or we're raising a family and we're doing what we need to do, all good things, all good things that are a part of our lives and, and we're serving in church and we're a part of the call of God over our lives. But I really believe it's so important that we, we can't just get caught in the doing. We've got to understand the why behind the what. We've got to allow our heart to be moved. We've got to allow our heart in the midst of the doing. We've got to understand why. We've got to know why. And Jesus, in the midst of his doing, and it was great doing, okay? In the midst of his doing, still took the moment to see the people, to see what was going on, to let his heart be moved by the stories of others. And I love this is that we can do the same with our lives as well. But sometimes we can look and think, man, I see the state of the world. I see the state of the brokenness of the world, of humanity. I hear, I hear what's going on on a big level. I watch the news. And sometimes we think, man, what can I do? What can I do to make a difference in the midst of all this? What, what can I do? Can I tell you that when we all make a decision in our life to do what Jesus did, to take the moment to look around us and see the people and see the ones we're working with and to see the crowd that's in our lives. I mean, no, we've got people around us. We've got neighbors. We've got people we work with. We've got people we go to the gym with. 
people at the local cafe that run the cafe or the, or the you know, the, the person behind the counter. We've we got people around us everywhere. They're in our world. We've all got crowds around us. But we've got to switch on in our hearts to do what Jesus did to take a moment to see the one in the midst of the masses. To see the one in the midst of the masses. To see who they are. And I want to tell you today, church, that we've all got people in our lives. We've all got the ones in our worlds right now. And those people, they could be from every situation and every part of our life. And they could be family members as well. Family members that we connect with. There's ones in our lives. And God wants us to be able to, like Jesus, be moved with compassion for them. Be moved with compassion. Wow, here's the Son of God. He lives in a constant state of being moved, but reflects on this to show us that we need to keep our heart in a place where we are moved for lost people around us. That it, that it gets in our world. It grips our hearts. We're able to see them and see their lives and be able to see their stories. And I want to ask, church, who is your one right now? Who's your one? Who's the one in your life? There may be a, a, a few ones in your life, but I believe that we've all got at least one, one person in our life that we just keep bumping into. I mean, every time we go to the shop, they're there. Every time we're at the gym, they're there. Every time, you know, they're the people that we just keep seeing and connecting with, and, and maybe we've known them all our lives. Maybe they've, they've been a part of their, our lives and they're relatives. It could be a cousin or, or a family member, but they're people in our world. But suddenly, our heart is beginning to be moved for this person because every single person has a story. And I shared last week that we've all got a story and we've all got a testimony but I want to tell you today, when we allow something to move our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can hear their stories as well. Because every person in our lives has a story. And sometimes we get just so full, so many things going on in our lives, that we, we don't really have the time to even connect with their story, to even hear what's going on. But I want to say today that God places us in these situations for a reason. Because He is trying to get our attention so that he can arrest their attention as well. To get a hold of their heart, to at least switch them on to him. Because I, I just know that when our heart is moved and, and, and something grips us on the inside for lost people, man, we take those moments. We're prepared to do what we're called to do in those moments for that person. You know, I've found, and I've got uh, you know, people in my neighborhood. I like to run, and I run in my neighborhood and, uh, and oftentimes I've, I've met a lot of different neighbors through this because they're out, you know, walking their dogs, you know, water in the garden, whatever it may be. And, and you've got ones that don't want to chat, just wave, and others that love to chat, you know. And, uh, and so oftentimes, because when I'm, for me, when I'm running, I want to complete what I'm there to do. I'm, this is how I'm designed, okay. I want to run. I want to beat my last record. I want to, that's how I think. But um, um, as I'm running, it's oftentimes I'm like, man, i got like half an hour. I need to get this done. That's when it's someone always wants to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I have to re recognize in that moment that, hey, I've got to stop. This per man, this is person. I want to connect with this person right now. You know, for a lot of, lot of like two, three years, uh, I had a neighbor. 
she was out. She's like probably 68 now. She's out walking a dog. And uh, I just kept bumping into her every time. And, uh, and we would have conversations. And after a period of time, she began to open up about her life, open up about her family, the needs that she had. I don't know what it was, but God just started doing stuff in her, and she started pouring out her story. And, uh, and, and so we took moments, and I connected her with Kate as well. And, uh, but I, I, I know that over a period of time, I got to one day after meeting, seeing her out on my driveway, chatting away, I said, hey, have you ever thought about giving your life to Jesus? And she's like, no, I've not. I said, would you like to? And because of years of investment and hearing and listening, she was ready. She said, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. So I led her to Jesus on our driveway. And, uh, and now, you know, Kate and I, we, 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 we keep ministering to her. Kate has gone into her home and had coffee with her, and she's come into ours. And, and uh, she, for some reason, she doesn't like big crowds, so we're still trying to work on her getting to church. But it's a journey. It's a journey, you know, and, uh, and, and there are people around us all the time that we could connect with. I had another neighbor that I, I, I kept bumping into all the time. It was like this, 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 every time I went for a run, this guy was out watering his lawn and he wanted to chat, you know, and, uh, and so as I, as I ran past, I had to recognize, wow, God, you're doing something here. And last Christmas, I invited him to come to church and he came. He came to church, came to a service, uh, you know, enjoyed it. We got to, on another run, I sat there and chatted with him uh, on another day about what his experience was like, and, uh, and, and, and a journey has begun. A journey has begun. But I want to say today that we've all got the ones in our lives. We've got them in our lives. And sometimes God is interrupting us in some moments where we can take that time to hear their story to hear what's going on in their world, to listen to what's happening so we can help people take their next steps. Hey, you know, I, I believe it's so important to remember the person that helped us take our next steps. Do you believe that? Yeah. Who was that person that helped you get saved? Who was that person that impacted your life and spoke to you and prayed with you and, and walked you on that journey? Could have been a family member, uh, could have been a friend. But hey, it's so important to remember those people in our lives because we are called to be that for somebody else. Amen? And I want to encourage us with that today. This living hope that we have is a living hope that we share. But as we connect that with other people, to hear their stories, to understand that people come from broken situations at times, and we want to be able to connect people to Jesus. The second thing I see is that there, there, there's a motivator of the answer you can become. We can be an answer in particular situations. Who agrees with that today? And as Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37 to 38, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. You know, I love this scripture because this, this is saying to us is that it doesn't need in our lives, to, to, to be extravagant in being an answer for other people. It's just being in the right place at the right time and knowing what we can do in that moment. I love what Billy Graham said. We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. And we are the sermons the world is heeding. It's us. See, God sometimes uses amazing supernatural encounters to connect people with Jesus. He sometimes does that. I've heard of amazing stories of that happening. 
But you know what I found is that most of the time, God uses us. God uses our lives. He wants to connect with people through us. And He wants us to be switched on to be the answer whenever we can. Whenever we can take that moment, He wants to use our lives. And as Jesus said, the first thing we need to think about when we're, when we're thinking about being an answer in that moment is we need to be praying for the harvest. Be praying for lost people in your life. Church, can I encourage you today? Be a prayer. Be a person who prays. And in your prayers, take those moments to pray for the ones in your life. To pray for them. Because when we're praying for them, what's happening in us is we're actually, something's happening for the compassion in our own lives when we're praying for them. Something's shifting over our lives as we take that moment to pray for the ones in our lives. The other part of that is when we're praying for the ones in our lives, what God is being able to move supernaturally over their situation. Maybe there's blockages that are blocking them from hearing the gospel. Maybe there's clouds of deception around their mind that need to be shifted off their mind so that the gospel can get in. And sometimes there's huge blockages that stop people from actually listening and hearing. And, and when we're praying for them, we're supernaturally taking a moment to partner with God to pray, Lord, I pray that you would open the doors over their lives. I pray that they, they would be open to listen, that there would be no blockages, Lord, uh, that would stop them from hearing the gospel. Maybe they're set in what they believe. They're set in what they, they've known all their lives. But Lord, if we, can, if we can just open the door a little bit, Lord, I just thank you that the seeds can get in. There is a power in prayer supernaturally God moves over their situation. I learned this when I was a youth pastor. I learned, uh, you know, that there were times when we had teenagers that would come and get saved, and especially some young men that would, would give their lives to Christ, and they would encounter Jesus in a big way. But the, the issue that went on is that they were encountering the world at the same time. There's a lot targeting on their lives to this day. still happens amongst teenagers as well. But I've found that there were these, some young guys that we would pray for and bring them in and they'd get saved and God would move, but then we'd lose them for like a month, six weeks, and you wouldn't be able to contact them. And back in the day, we used to use MySpace. Remember MySpace? Yeah, thanks, Tom. You know, and, uh, and comment on MySpace. We'd, we'd try and contact them somehow, somehow, but there would be no contact, no text, nothing going on. And I, I remember that my heart would begin to be burdened for these guys. And, uh, and the team would be burdened for these particular people that we were believing for. Him. And, uh, and so we'd just get into prayer. Just start to pray. We'd, there was no contact, but we would pray. And as we were praying, there were moments, I remember times of tears and just interceding and believing for these young men, their lives, to get connected back to Christ again. And you know, it would take a week, maybe two, but without any contact, I have so many stories of these guys turning up to youth that Friday night. They just rock up out of nowhere, and it would say, "Hey man, how you going? What what brought you here tonight? It's been so long. Like man, I've been we've been wanting to contact with you. What brought you? It's like I don't know. I just felt like coming. I don't know. Just like just wanted to come. You know, they couldn't understand it. They didn't know why. But man, we've been warring for their soul in the spirit. We've been praying for them. And sometimes we got to be able to fight spiritually for people's souls. 
Because when so I knew that when God was, God had got a hold of their lives, the devil wasn't happy about that. Tried to, you know, it was always in those moments that all the friends would come back, texting them and inviting them and trying to pull on their lives. It was in those moments when God was reaching for them and we had to pray for them. We had to stand in the gap and stand in agreement because they weren't strong enough to do it for themselves yet. Prayer is important. So powerful. I learned in those days that when we pray for the lost and we pray for people that get saved and we pray for their journey, it's powerful what God can do in their lives, but it's also powerful what God does in us. The second thing that we see here is to act on something. Act on something. Sometimes God gives those opportunities. And sometimes we're busy and we're full. You know, I think about the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. The Bible actually says, and I'm not going through this story, but it actually says he was weary and thirsty. He was tired. But here's this lady there in that moment, that he takes this moment to interact, to talk with her in this moment, but he was weary. See, sometimes we can be weary. Sometimes we can have a big day at work. Sometimes there can be a lot going on in our world, but God is looking at our lives and saying, hey, I want you to do something. It doesn't have to be everything, and it doesn't have to be every single answer for that person's life, but it can be an answer in their life, to help them connect to Christ. It might be after work, you sit down with that other mate at work and you, you talk with them because they're struggling through a divorce or they're struggling with their family or they're struggling financially or they have issues with, with sickness in their life. Who knows what it is? But everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a story. And when we take those moments and we get, live, leave uh, uh, some space in our lives, Sometimes our lives are so full, there's just no room. There's no room for that person. And God's saying, hey, if you just let me take a bit of room, I can do something powerful here. I can do something amazing for this person's life. And that little bit of room, that little bit of space can help us to connect someone to Christ. And it could be the smallest things. It might be making a meal for your neighbor. It might be making a meal for that person that you know that has a story right now. Might be taking that time to talk and have that extra coffee or whatever it may be. You know, what is it right now? And sometimes it's simple things. It's even in the little things that are done in the right way that God can move on to connect someone to Jesus Christ. And I shared this on Friday night. We had an amazing time Friday night. God moved here at Empire. It's awesome. Just want to say, Pastor Nick, Johanna, you're doing a great job. The place was packed with teenagers, guys. Packed. Souls got saved. It was amazing. But I shared something on Friday night about a man by the name of William Booth. And William Booth is the head of the Salvation Army. Who's ever heard of William Booth? Now, William Booth had failed at a lot of things in his life. He tried heaps of things throughout his life. One of those things, he tried to pastor a church and that didn't work. Another time he tried to be a preacher and an evangelist, and that didn't work for him either. One night while walking home on Christmas Eve, he saw some children outside a pub with no shoes, freezing cold, while the parents were inside getting drunk and blowing the pay that week that should have gone towards feeding and clothing their children. He thought, I need to do something about this issue. I don't know what I can do, 
but he did something. And that night, the Salvation Army was born. After five years of starting, 210,000 people had been led to Jesus Christ. After 20 years, assets totaled 15 million pounds in 1907. That's around $225 million today. To, the, to this day, the Salvation Army is still the number one cure of alcohol addiction through its rehab centers. It's amazing, isn't it? After all the years of service, William was interviewed by an American reporter that said, how has one man been able to accomplish so much? And listed off all the accomplishments, the nations that have been impacted, the lives, families, and people that have been transformed through the Salvation Army. And William paused for a moment, but eventually responded. He said, I don't know, but I would have to say that Jesus has always had all of me. Jesus has always had all of me. For this man that had failed at doing some things in his life, knew that the greatest thing that he could do is give his entire heart to Jesus. To be ready to be in the moment of what God wanted to do through his life. See, you and I, we have a platform. We have friends. We have people around us. We have jobs. Some of us are running businesses. We have people that work for us. There's people around us everywhere. But I want to encourage us today, when we make room for Jesus, and we make room for Him in our lives to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, impress upon us at times, to be the answer in that moment, God can do amazing things in people's lives. He can connect them to Christ. He can begin to bring change into their world. See, when our heart is moved, our actions will always follow. When our heart is moved, our actions will always follow. See, Jesus allowed His heart to get moved for the faces, for the stories of the people. And when we open our heart to Christ, to start to beat with the same heart that Jesus beats with for the lost. He's always had all of me. We'll be ready in those moments. We'll be ready to share. We'll be ready to let the Holy Spirit prompt us in those moments. But I know that there is a generation of people all around us. There's neighbors, there's family, there's people that need Jesus everywhere. And we've all got our ones, don't we? We've all got the ones in our lives. And you know, I really believe today is about us remembering. Because maybe some of us today, we were praying for a long time for them, but we've kind of etched away from that a little bit. I want to encourage us again, let's start praying again. Let's start believing again for the ones in our lives. Maybe it was a family member, kind of like, man, I've tried, I've said all the things I needed to say. And you've kind of given up in yourself a little bit. Can I encourage you again? Take up that, that baton again. Take up that heart again for your family, for the people around us, because we've all got people.